Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn on your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rockinest Podcast in the Goliverse. This is Rock Out Loud. It's our look at the music we love, and uh, sometimes in strange places we find music that we love, or sometimes it's situations that cause us to love certain music for certain reasons. But in any instance, this is where we celebrate it right here. On this episode, we're talking about musical moments in movies and TV. Will there be more of these? I guarantee you there'll be more. And there may even be some very specific movies and TVs we look at down the road. But I'm not here by myself. I'm Steve Gawson, by the way. I guess I should have introduced myself. Along with me on this journey, it could be an emotional one on this particular episode, ladies and gentlemen. Up from the East Coast. She's the rockin'est chicken all the land. It's Kristen in Jersey. What's up, Kristen? Hello, everybody. I've already cried twice tonight. Oh, and it wasn't even my fault. It wasn't this mm. time. No, what do you mean this time? I mean, because every other time I've cried on the podcast, it's been your fault. I don't believe that. I believe it's probably been Bruce's fault. <laughs> <laughs> or the killer's fault. By the way, interesting text last week from Kristen toward the uh-huh. end of the week. Listening to the new Killer song and crying right now. Oh my god, because it's so beautiful! It's about his wife's PTSD. His children sing at the end of it. Oh Oh wow! Oh wow! The way to the way to Kristen's heart: some man's children singing at the end of a song. Not at all, because uh, guys, spoiler alert: Kristen hates hates all capital letters children. It's just a really sweet song. Oh my god! I don't hate children. I do. I really, really do. I am already that. I'm get off my lawn. I want nothing to do with them. Other people are like, oh my God, it's so cute. And I'm like, ew, it's disgusting and it smells. Get it away from me. Oh, babies are the best. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, I just vomited a little. Babies like me because I'm comfortable. Babies don't like me. They look at me and start to cry. Oh, whatever. I don't believe that. It's goals. That's goals. That's goals. It is. <laughs> then my life was complete. Hey, exactly. We, Babies don't like me. We're good. We've got a follow-up from our Kaleo listen uh, that we did huh? on, on their album AB. Uh, and st- it's Steven from Roku Depot, who always has a lot of good things to say about the shows here on the Goliverse and this show in particular. He says, not sure if you noticed or not, but Kaleo actually has a self-titled album that precedes AB. I came across it after you initially mentioned them a couple of episodes ago as I really dug the track you played. I hunted down every song I could find on YouTube and made notes of the songs I liked. When I went to Amazon to get them, I noticed a bunch of songs that I wanted weren't available. Turns out the first album is hard to get, but it's definitely worth checking out. I actually like it better than AB. Hmm. Hot take. My friend has it, and he's letting me borrow it. How is it? At some point. I haven't oh, listened, you to, haven't it listened to it Okay. We don't see each other a lot. Was... I think the next time I see him is for the Strut Show. 
Now, they're from, Kaleo's from Sweden. No, Iceland. Iceland. What's the difference? Wow. I hope we have no listeners in Sweden or Iceland. Or if we do, please email (laughs) Steve Glosson. Geekoutloud at gmail.com. Or rockoutloudpod at gmail.com is really where we'd like to hear it from you. So that way you can definitely get on the show. Now, look, they're all North, Northlandic, North, Norse type people, right? Um, I don't know that Sweden is Norse type people, but I could be wrong because Swedish? I don't know nothing about geography. Yeah, sure. You betcha. Yeah. Yeah. Swedish chicks are hot and blonde. Iceland babes are hot and white haired. Oh my god. That's what is being said in the chat. So. Well, Sweden is a hot hop skip and a jump away from uh Iceland. Right. They're separated by a whole lot of water. Oh really? Now, are yes. you thinking no, Iceland is not Greenland. Don't get Iceland confused with Greenland. I I am looking at a map right now. Mm-hmm. Oh great. Get out of my face. Iceland is where the Vikings come from. Norway is where the Vikings come from. All right. So Norway and Sweden are basically the same thing. Oh, my God. Now, Iceland, a Nordic island nation. Nordic. Yeah. So but North. Norway is where they came from. Okay. Did the, would you say they came from the land of the ice and the snow? Sure. Okay. Where the something, something, and the hot springs blow? Yeah. The hammer of the gods. Um... Let's see. Oh, they've dis- they've dissolved Parliament. Wow. They're in Iceland. Good night. A lot yeah, going on. there in March. Oh, really? Yeah. By the way, I did get an email from Bill. You did? <laughs> I believe it's... Yeah, I believe it's Uncle Bill. Okay. Let me make sure that, uh, that I've got the last name correct here, because he was obviously listening to our last episode. Okay. Apparently, while we were doing it live... And I don't know, was our, la- our last episode wasn't the Kaleo listen, was it? I guess it was. No. No it, no, it wasn't. They're all running together. What was our last episode? Oh, my God. I don't even know. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I just come up with the topics, guy. I don't even know. I don't even know. Oh, last tracks. Oh, yeah, the last tracks of an album. That's right. And so there were some, it was kind of some mellow. There was a lot of mellow going on. And uh, let me see exactly if I can find uh, old Bill here. You're killing me, Smalls. Break out the metal. <laughs> that's, that's Charlie Bill. We did a freaking metal podcast, Bill. Oh, Bill H. Yep, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> so Uncle Bill, not happy with our picks on the last episode. Well, he could get his tush on here and be a guest, a guest host. Oh, that'd be and, awesome. And talk about metal and yeah. all these bands. He'll be like, you've heard of them. And we'll both be like, yep, never heard of him in my life. Oh, I and mean. And then he'll, he'll call your taste in music tree hug and hippie music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't even, hey, well, oh. don't even get me started on old Peg Leg Singer now. <laughs> we already talked about that. I know. And maybe that's the reason we can't get more people to listen. They're like, oh, he's making fun of a man who lost his leg. Well, that's Steve, not Kristen. Right. You can stay for me. Well, and to be fair, I was making fun of him trying to rock with it. Anyhow, um, the uh, the Twitter is at RockOutLoudPod. And, man, Kristen, you've been tearing it up with some different stuff. Uh, Thank at the, you. At the time of this recording, today was uh, 
uh, Listener Monday, and, and I believe the topic was first solo albums? Yes. You threw out there? And a lot of people showing off their ticket stubs, by the way, to some of their I first know. shows. I know! I love the interaction, you guys! I love it so much! Mm -hmm. um, and uh, let me see. I'm trying to find the post and all of this, but uh, you basically said... Was it today marks the anniversary of Kiss? All four Kiss members yes. having their solo albums come out. Yep. And so you said, "What are some of your favorite solo albums by people that are originally in groups?" And who else? Let's see what we had come around. Um, someone mentioned "Stranger in This Town" by Richie Sambora and Young Guns Two soundtrack by bon jo John Bon Jovi. That's the silent third member of Rock. Oh, Alaska. that's old Angie. All right. Uh, Darth Dangle says all of Ozzy. Uh, the first Slash solo, not Snake Pit. There you go, John Phillips. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I knew he would appreciate it because he's a Kiss fan, so mm -hmm. I knew he was going to come on that post. Uh, let's see. Belladonna and Wild Heart are two good albums from Stevie Nicks. That's what Dean Cooper says. Jesse James Dupree's album Foot Fetish. He was the lead singer for Jack. A lot of good songs on that album from Steven at Skuldron. Uh, let's see what else we see here. A lot of people are just chiming in. Yeah. So good stuff. Good stuff. I try and retweet everybody or like everybody. We've gotten a lot of new likes mm -hmm. too, which is great. Yes. Keep telling your friends. Keep retweeting. Keep reviewing the old podcast. Yeah. And, like, let's build this empire, guys. And we're already working on something for the, uh, the marathon episode in in january that we'll be letting you guys know soon enough about soon enough because we're going to need some help on it so oh but i think you guys are going to get a kick out of it so stay tuned it's i think it'll be fun i think it's going to be fun i think there's going to be a lot of anger a lot of <laughs> don't tears look back in anger no don't. i heard you say well i did and then i continued to do so with the rest of my life <laughs> <laughs> just like the original singers of that song um so our, our our boy Dylan had, yes. had asked you a question on the Twitter or commented with something on the Twitter. Yes. At Rock Out Loud Pod. Explain that for me because I can't seem to find the conversation. So basically, Dylan tweeted me and at Eddie Trunk, who's a radio DJ, I'm sure if you guys listen to our podcast, you, you probably have some sort of an idea. Um, but... Eddie Trunk posted a picture of the of a Bon Jovi set list, and he said, best Bon Jovi set list I've seen from this tour. And then Dylan tweeted me and said, thoughts? Mm. And I said, well, I know 17 songs. That's better than most set lists. Still oh, wow. too generic for me. Also, his voice is sadly gone now, which it is. And Dylan said, you must give an example on the next Rock Out Loud pod about his voice. All right. So with that... Uh, Kristen chose the greatest love song of all time. I'll be there for you. And this is uh, Bon Jovi's performance from Philadelphia in 1989. Kristen says, and I'm quote, widely regarded as one of their greatest performances of all time. This, like, this I'll be there for you is widely regarded as like the best quintessential live version of the song. All right. So here we go. Let's give old Bon Jovi a listen here. This is, uh, 
This is the eighth, eighth time that we've played the Spectrum. Just want you to know anytime you want, all you gotta do is call. And I'll be there for you. He looks like such a baby. He looks so young in this video. Almost 20 years ago, by the way. Tight jeans, too. <laughs> oh, hit the mic. Sorry. Sorry to talk over a bunch of you, everybody. Kristen, we're going to talk a little bit while it gets to the big part here. Okay. Um, I really think that a big part of what Bon Jovi did, I mean, not just musically with the with the guitars and everything, but, but the harmonies of Richie being there. Like, people, I don't know. I feel like people are, are just, like, way too okay with Richie not being in the band, and I get it. People really don't care about who's in the band as long as John's up front. But, like, to me, Bon Jovi is those four at least four guys and it's john and richie and like you you hear them harmonize in that video like that is magic So he's got a really strong voice here. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, he's 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 very much holding out some notes. That it's the tempo's a little slowed down in this version. It is um, from the studio version, but he's also it is he is doing some vocal tricks so he doesn't have to like go super nuts with it the way he would on the studio version. But there's a there's a strength and a consistency to his voice, and I really do think, and I'm saying this, and I mean it. Um, I don't think you have Bon Jovi without Richie Sambora. I just don't think you do. 
You're it, preaching to the choir with right. that with that statement, Steve. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, you said you know they sound incredible together with those harmonies, and they really do. All right. So this next one, this is from just last month, 2017, at the time uh, of the recording. This would be August of 2017, or literally a month ago today, mm-hmm. uh, at the time of this recording. And uh, this is John Bon Jovi now singing "I'll Be There for You," uh, some almost 20 years later. It's kind of, I mean, look, number one, when he starts singing, he sounds like Cloris Leachman. Whew. Uh, number two, th- the song is tuned down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so it sounds like he's kind of hanging in there, which is fine. Look, that is a trick that a lot of vocalists use who have been doing it for a long time, you know, who just can't do it like they used to. And it's fine. A lot of times it'll actually sound really, you know, it'll help them sound good. And, and you know, and you still get the feel of the song and everything. But if example, you, Def Leppard. Right, but if you listen to his voice go in and out there, the the whole talk thing that he does here and there is is just a sign that he can't quite. I feel like it's a sign maybe that he can't quite do what he used to do at all vocally. He does not sound good. Like those were not good sounding vocals. No, like it sounds like someone is plugging his nose. Yes. And it's super nasally and it's just not it's not Bon Jovi. And like I get it. John did not take care of his vocal cords in the 80s and had major 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 vocal issues. But you would think after that that you start to take care of your voice and mm-hmm. I feel like it's just been this steady decline. And I mean, like when I was seeing Bon Jovi in 2001, like it wasn't good. And, but you know, I was 11 years old and oh my God, John Bon Jovi, the love of my life, my future ex-husband. I love him. I love him. I love him. And, and then it's like, they do the same songs. Like there's no spontaneity because he can't sing a lot of those older songs that I, like he just did um, some older songs. Like he did songs off these days, which, you know, are a drastic change from the things that he did in the eighties. And I'm like, Ooh, like it just hurts. Like, I just want to pretend that Bon Jovi stopped everything after like the crush era. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't blame you for that. I'm just looking here through the chat and Dylan says, Ooh, John. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he said too, he was like, why do I feel like this is going to hurt? 
<laughs> and he says, no, I just feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not just talking smack to talk smack. Like, yeah. I wish I didn't have to say that. Like, I wish I could say, like, no, his voice is so strong. Because, I mean, there was a point where Joe Elliott didn't have the greatest vocals. And, you know, he went to a vocal coach and was like, how do I get this back? And I'm not saying he's Joe Elliott from 1983, but, like you were saying, you still get the essence of the song. Like, it still sounds pretty much in the vicinity of the songs that you know and love. This, if you if you were to, like, blindfold someone and they never heard these songs, you would think it was a cover band and the actual band. That's really, that's a great way of putting it. That is a great way of putting it because it really does sound so different from what we know and love and remember. And, you know, and look, again... There is the aging process that takes the voice away from so many people. And if Carissa were in the chat right now, she would be explaining it all to us, how it happens. <clears throat> but there's also the care that so many other artists take to to not, not mask it, but to keep their voice as strong as possible doing what they're doing and still give out a quality performance where people don't walk away feeling sorry for the person. Mm -hmm. um, if you listen to, and I know you won't, but for everyone else, if you'll listen <laughs> to um, the several years back, I think it was 2012 or maybe a little bit, Led Zeppelin kind of did a reunion concert at the O2 Arena uh, over in London. And yes, everything is, is pitched down. All the, all, the, all the songs are kind of tuned down a key or so. But when you hear it, what you hear is Robert Plant sounding like Robert Plant always sounded. Because Jimmy Page made sure that all the arrangements were just right so that they would not leave embarrassed and that Robert Plant would not leave embarrassed. And and Plant has been performing, of course he's doing this weird world music stuff now, but you know, he's been performing almost nonstop through all this time. And you, you mentioned Joe Elliott. You take someone, um I'll tell you what, you take Ace Fraley, who is just bless his heart, he should have stopped years ago. You know, and, and I know there's a love for performing, and I know there's a love for the money that comes from performing. I mean, it is Kiss, after all. Um, but Wait, are you talking about Paul Stanley? Paul Stanley. Did I say Ace Freeling? Yes. I'm an idiot. Paul Stanley. <laughs> Hello, everybody! Um, that was, that's bad. He is He's rough. Bad. Yeah, he's bad. He's bad. I hope Scott doesn't hear this. He'll kill me. He'll kill me! I kill you! <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, yeah, when, well, when I saw him in concert just a, a couple of years back, it just was like, this is rough, pal. This is rough, you know. And and so, but there are ways. What, what I see are these other, you know, singers who have kind of come on up in age, you know, who they've grown up. They're, they're older men now, and, but they're still doing it. You know, they're still figuring out a way to do it and, and to not, you, not leave you feeling like, mm, I feel like I got cheated there. I feel like uh, I, I mean, look at Bruce. If you if you listen to Bruce from the Hammersmith Odeon in 1975, it doesn't sound like he does today. No, not at all. Mm -mm. But it's still Bruce. Yeah. Oh, he goes out and gives it all. But anyhow. Oh, he's no, the best. Here we go. <laughs> we love Bruce. Guys. Let's just let's just say if nothing else has ever come out of this podcast, the fact that I've now been converted to a Bruce Springsteen fan, like and see him live. Yeah, and will like defend him with my dying breath. So. It makes me so proud. Like, it makes me such a proud mama bear. Well, here it is. Dylan says, how much can you tune down the songs? Exactly. Yep. And so there is a there is a point where that goes to a point where you can't get below that. 
and then and then they're kind of singing almost harmony parts you know rather than singing the melody those lead singers and so it just it, it just ends up being kind of wonky and it's unfortunate it really is and you hate to hear like john bon jovi is one of the greatest rock vocalists you know from that era that he was in He's certainly probably still the most relevant like i hate to use that word yeah but like bon jovi is like still a stadium act Yes. There aren't yeah. many acts from the 80s and 80s rock specifically that are still stadium mm. acts. And Bon Jovi's a stadium act around the world. Yeah. Well, bless his heart. That's all I can say. I don't go anymore, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go, Dylan. We broke it down for you here on the show. Dylan knows his stuff. Dylan's not a musical moron. Like, he wasn't challenging you. No, no. He was literally just like, um,. Like you, you got you got to lay this down for me. Mm. I love Dylan. Like I would just love to have Dylan on the show and just be like, let's just talk music and see where it goes. All right. Now that I mean, I'm not I'm not saying we completely freewheel it. Oh 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 wow! You had me all excited. I'm like, you mean like a real hangout episode? No, I mean we totally could though. Like I feel like Dylan would totally vibe with just like, okay, where's mm-hmm. this going? Oh, and what about this record? Oh, like I, yeah. he has that knowledge. You mean we could just sit here and talk music, and I could just sit here and f- and pull up the tracks left and right and totally DJ yes. this thing? Oh, all right, Dylan, get in touch with us. Yes, Dylan, email us and let's set something up. We're trying to get guests on our show. All right, so, and we'd love to hear from everyone. Tell us, you know what? Here's an interesting thing. Have you seen someone in concert that you were let down by their vocals based on what you heard on their album? Uh, email us, rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Not that we want to go negative, but, you know, just you, you've, you've been a victim of this phenomena, so to speak. Um. Well, Kristen, we were talking about what we want to do this time, and this is one of those ideas we've kind of bumped around. And, and the other week we start, or last week we were talking after the show, and we, and we kind of joked that if we did this, all these songs would come from one television show. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that, it, that that will come. And it will. It, it's definitely. I, I mean, after today, and kind of getting some stuff together for this, it sure will. Um, but what what we decided to do was some of our favorite musical moments from movies and television shows. We didn't restrict ourselves just to movies in this, or at least I didn't. Um, I didn't either. So, uh, oh no, you didn't, because there's that one I'll show there. Um, uh, no, two. There's two. two shows. Oh, there's two. Okay. <laughs> I see. I see now. Calm down. Come on, Steve. Calm down. <laughs> um, but uh, and what's really interesting about this is these picks are. These songs are going to be songs that are all over the place. Oh, yeah. I mean... Mine are not traditional Kristen songs. No, and Kristen may <laughs> shed some tears tonight as we as we get into this. Now, me, I was tempted like to just go total montage songs all the way through, if I'm being honest. And so I had to really pull... Okay, I, I, I love a good montage. Well, so do I, and I really had to pull back on some of my montage songs, but those will come down the road. Don't you get... Don't you worry. I will throw those in there. Uh, well, let's we get... have at least 10 episodes in us from this topic, <laughs> offshoots of it. That's right. So, well, let's get into this this particular volume then. And uh, and we'll begin with Kristen's first pick. And I'm doing this intentionally so that I can end with my last pick that I think everyone demands that I have to pick if you listen to any of my other shows. And uh, <laughs> so we'll get there. But... Uh, uh, a movie that you've mentioned, and really, this is a this is I've need to I've only seen this movie once, Kristen. And, wow, really? And it was like right after it came out on home video back in the day. 
I really need to revisit this film. This speaks to me something fierce. Like this, if you love music, like you don't even need to like rock music. If you love rock music, this movie is what it is to love Mm -hmm. music. Uh, this is this is a clip from Almost Famous, and this is a song that was used in a scene there. Uh, I think the most famous musical scene from Almost Famous is them singing Tiny Dancer on the bus. Right? It is. Yeah. But that doesn't... I don't relate to a rock star that just was, was a golden god and sure. tripping on acid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I relate to this part. All right. And this is... Uh, you want to set this scene up? Sure. So this is in the very beginning of the movie where the main character, William Miller, is very young and his sister's leaving home. And she plays a record for her mother and says, this is why I'm leaving to become a stewardess. And I'm sure you'll hear in the clip at the end of the scene, she goes, look under your bed. It'll set you free. And she gives him her record collection. All right. And, oh. It, like, it just gets me choked up. Yes. Song <laughs> explains why I'm leaving home to become a stewardess. We can't talk. We have to listen to rock music. I love you. I love the way that he looks through those albums with awe. Yep. It's like, like, like she said, like, look under your bed, it'll set you free. Mm-hmm. When you find your band and your music, there is no greater sanctuary in the world than when you are listening to a record by those bands. Like, that is where you are safest and 
that's just where you can be completely you and no one judges you. So the fact that she gave him the gift of her record collection and it's some of the most iconic records ever. Yes. Yep. And that's what starts his love of music. Mm -hmm. That's where it all starts. Well, my first pick isn't anywhere near as deep as (laughs) your first pick and the reasons that I chose it. Um. (laughs) Well, that's definitely my deepest pick, Steve. I started big. Uh, I I feel like I should switch mine around so I can uh, talk about Clark Kent for a minute. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, in this instance, uh, my first pick is is one I we've we've talked about on the show. I'm not a big fan of Fleetwood Mac. Um, and and I I just I don't know if it's her vocals. I don't know if it's you know of course Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks, and all that. So I don't I don't know I don't know why I just never really dug them. But in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um, as as the big climactic battle is beginning to take place, um, you you begin to hear just the, you begin to hear that drum in the background, and and they set a large part of the battle to Fleetwood Mac's "The Chain," and it's the best use of a Fleetwood Mac song ever to me, and I absolutely dig it. So I had to uh, had to throw this out there. Kristen, I'm going to try to uh, wax eloquently about Guardians the way you did about <clears throat> Almost Famous. Give me a minute here. What you're talking the about here? Yours. What's that? What'd I you said s- the floor is oh, yours. Okay, yes. Okay. Well, what you have here is a movie that's all about the relationship between a father and son. And when Peter first meets his father, Ego, he's enthralled by him. He's enthralled by his power. He's enthralled by the stories he told about him and his mother. He's just really just wrapped up in it. And then as his dad begins to unlock this power that Peter has within him, you know, Peter becomes much more drawn to things and chained to it until he finds out that his dad killed his mom. And then he's and then he tries to break free. And then there's this great moment where, I mean, they're in the middle of the planet and Peter's just getting pounded. I mean, ego is just beating him senseless. And and he can't fight back. He can't tap into that power. And Yondu from over on a you know another rock outcropping just hollers at him, "Hey boy, I didn't control the arrow with my head. I did it with my heart." 
And so Yandu, who would then later say, he might have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. You know, he's the one that kind of helps Peter tap in, and that's when this whole thing kicks in. And they go right from that opening, you know, those drums, just big into the chorus as this battle is going on. And it's just, it's it's Peter breaking the chain. He's breaking the chains that his dad has, has him held down with. So, you know what? Not as deep as what you went with Almost Famous, but I still love that moment in that movie. That's all that matters is That's, that you love that moment in that movie. That, you know, that volume two uh, soundtrack, not quite as good as Old Awesome Mix volume one. I was kind of let down yeah. by the picks on mm-hmm. it. Yep. I I was too a little bit. Um, I feel like they were, it had much more of a, a role to play in the movie than Awesome Mix Volume 1 did. Awesome Mix Volume 1 was almost just kind of, it really was just the soundtrack of trekking across the galaxy and going on this adventure. The The music was used much more integral to the story um, in Awesome Mix Volume 2. And, uh, and now he's got a Zune with like 300-something songs, so... <laughs> You know, no telling what we'll get in the next film. It's all downhill from here. You reckon? Uh, you reckon Windows will be like, "Hey, we're bringing the Zoom back, Guardians of the Galaxy Three edition." Could you imagine? Uh, I mean, if anything has the power to do it, it's a Marvel movie, right? Right, and then everyone will be like, "I got to get a Zoom. It's the coolest new thing." <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, let's talk about Cruel Intentions real quick. Mm. This yes. is, I mean, it's kind of a twisted movie. It's totally twisted, but it's so great. And it has a lot of really good movie moments. Yeah. Really it, good soundtrack. It was, it, it is, it is definitely kind of an iconic movie from that year. There, it was a late 90s when this movie came out, as I recall. Yep. Mid, late 90s. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Who was the dude? Uh, Ryan Philippi. Ryan Philippi. Philippe. Um, and I tell you what I remember most about this movie is there was a spoof in I guess maybe one of the scary movie movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the kissing scene. Or wait, was it not another teen movie? Might have been that. I don't know. I don't know how I saw this, or maybe I saw, or maybe it was an MTV Movie Awards. But the point is this: is they were spoofing <laughs> the kissing scene, and grossly so. But, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah, but don't uh, YouTube it. No. Mm-mm. But uh, I do love this song, though, by the way. And it's a song that I feel like I should use more in rotation on sometimes the Big Honkin' Show or even, you know, our pre-show music because it's a really cool song. It's by The Verve, Bittersweet Symphony. Symphony? Symphony? Come on, Glosson. Symphony. However dark the cloud, there's always a silver lining. It might be hard to see, but what we should learn from this experience is to be true to ourselves and to resist the temptations of peer pressure. As student body president, I've tried to set an example in myself. Unfortunately, the one person I could not reach out to in time was my stepbrother, Sebastian. I know he's looking down on us today, and... Um... I know he's looking down on us today, and he'd want me to say... He'd want me to say, Kath... 
You want me to say Catherine? I'm sorry. What is going on? Don't you people have any respect? So this is the big climactic moment of the film. Yep. What has taken place? Refresh my memory, because again, this is one that I only saw once, and I don't even know if I watched it all the way through. So, uh, spoiler alert, guys. Spoiler alert, um, everybody. Spoiler alert, Sebastian, um, Catherine's stepbrother, dies in like a car accident. Like He's on the side of the road and gets hit by a car or something like that. Because, um, of course, of course he does. <laughs> And the entire movie, like, the entire movie is predicated on, like, she bets him that he can't get, you know, the sweet, innocent girl to, you know, do not-so-sweet, innocent things with him. Um, and he does, but he ends up falling in love with the sweet girl, a.k.a. Reese Witherspoon. And basically, her revenge on Catherine is to publish Sebastian's journals which basically says like Catherine isn't who she says she is she says she's this goody two-shoes she puts on this complete facade and it's not that's not her you know she's a drug addict blah 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 and all that gets presented at Sebastian's funeral and then the movie ends with Reese Witherspoon like driving his car away like with a smile on her face knowing that she got revenge and that that's what Sebastian would have wanted but just like that whole build up of those violins and then when she like opens the doors and the whole song kicks in and they're all just standing there reading the diary yep yeah like you know stuff's about to go down yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh i again that's one of those i he died he got hit by a car when he died that's how he died yeah was it my I favorite think. i'm like 99% sure yeah did a car just come out of nowhere and knock him out of frame no i mean oh. they're in new york city there's you know road cars all the time well, I'm just saying because that's one of my favorite things. 
It's one of, I mean, look, this is well established on all the podcasts. Is it when you've got a shot and someone's walking across the street and all of a sudden a bus or a truck just comes out of nowhere and smacks them? I, it is, it's, it's the most sadistic thing about me. I don't, I don't think I'm a very sadistic person, but I will cackle with glee when that happens. So you love the scene in Meet Joe Black then, correct? I've been told I would. I've never seen Meet Joe Black. But I love the scene in Final Destination where the girls like turn around and like drop effing dead, bam, bust. I love the scene and uh, uh, well, it happened to my friend Brian Austin Green in in his Smallville appearances as Metallo. That's how he becomes Metallo because a trash truck just comes out of nowhere and smacks him. Maybe that's what I loved about that movie Death Note on Netflix so much is there's one of those moments in there. It's just great. There you go. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff so good it's rivaled only by and this comes from fargo season three spoiler alert it's rivaled only by an air conditioning unit falling out of a window three stories up and falling on someone uh that was amazing as well it was kind of like the vertical version of it it was great so uh cruel intentions how many times have you watched cruel intentions in your life Ooh, a lot really obviously not obviously because i can't remember how it ends well i do but like how he dies um but no i've seen it a lot it's it's on my movie shelf mm-hmm. nice. i've seen all of these things a lot yeah. nothing more than almost famous because mm-hmm. i can literally quote almost famous from the start of the movie to the end of it like i'm that person so i'm not a great person to watch it for the first time with mm-hmm. and then i just like sit there and cry at the end i'm just saying everything everything about music oh my god yeah like it's bad that's how i am with star wars only without the crying oh i think you cry no you cry a not bit. at star wars no a little bit no no <laughs> i sincerely don't I, well a little bit of me died inside when the force awakened never mind um ah! <laughs> remember the time you spoiled the force awakens for me and didn't know it what no yes we talked about this on the podcast what did i spoil um the fact that a very major character died <gasps> i spoiled that for you you did because you were talking about it on like a geek out loud or something. No, it, it well, it wasn't a Star Wars related episode. Like you just like brought it up, and I was like, <gasps> "Can I say it?" I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It's enough. been it's been two years. I was like, <gasps> "Han Solo died." I don't remember yeah. that, and I owe you. You felt so bad. Yeah, I do. I feel all all over again, all over <laughs> again. I owe you my undying devotion for the rest of our days. There you go. So. <laughs> For doing that um look i like bad movies there's no there's no getting around it um i i love all five of the live action transformers movies and the, my favorite of them has to be the third one transformers dark of the moon uh, even though Megan Fox isn't in it, which makes no sense, and I don't like the change-up of a girlfriend, and even though in the fourth one there's like a whole new cast that I don't like and there's no explanations of where the old cast went, and in the fifth one they try to tie it all together and there's some convoluted story that makes no sense, I still love it all. I just sit there with glee and watch. But in the third one, uh, the Decepticons have, I mean, literally taken over the world. And their home base is in Chicago, and they have... Uh, Shia LaBeouf's girlfriend, Sam Witwicky's girlfriend, that he's in, he's absolutely in love with, and he is going to go into the heart of the beast, into the belly of the beast, to save her. The Autobots have left Earth, and in leaving Earth, the 
the shuttle that they were taking off and they were launching in was destroyed. And so the Autobots are dead and gone. The bad guys have won the day, and it's only the humans here to, to save things and make things right. And so in a very poignant moment, uh, Linkin Park music comes into play. Not a, you know what? I'm not against Linkin Park, but I'm also not a fan, so to speak, okay. of Linkin Park. Um, I feel like they cheat with their music, or they did. How? Because it makes you... They hit notes that make you feel like there's something there to feel. Oh, okay. And I don't know that there's anything there to feel, if that makes sense. I, they manipulate the music. Anyhow. But in this instance, they were manipulating the music as old Sam was riding to his death in Chicago for the love of his life. And it just stuck with me as I was watching. They've seen all the devastation and everything. Now, this version actually gets a little fast a little soon, but it does what it does. This is iridescent from the Transformers Dark of the Moon soundtrack. in the movie they didn't have that underlying drum beat that was going on there and so it's just this real slow thing with just those minor keys playing through and all you're seeing is like just the destruction all around him and you know he's about to cry because Shia LaBeouf can cry real good on screen and everything and you know and, and they're just they're they're literally going into the wasteland they're literally headed into it and uh and then what follows as soon as that song's over and they get out he and his military friends who are you know they're there to stand against the evil as well they're not they only they're not with the military they're now a mercenary group basically who are just they've scrounged together old old teammates and uh and here come the decepticons attacking in this ship that they're flying around this there's some decepticon flying some little ship around and he's they all have to take cover and everything and you've just had this emotional moment when he's going after the woman he loves and now he's in deadly danger and all of a sudden, the ship out of nowhere gets shot and blown up. And you hear a gun cock in the, back, in the background. The camera pans around. There's Optimus Prime. And he says, we will kill them all. And I immediately go from, oh, I feel melancholy, to this is the most badass thing ever in the world. <laughs> oh, see, music has the power to do things like that. Oh, yeah. it was. <laughs> it's great. I love it so much. <laughs> and I love that movie so much. So. I think I've only 
only seen one Transformers movie. Yeah. And it was because I went in college mm-hmm. because it was a class trip mm-hmm. to talk about like sound effects. Mm. Well, that's a good one. I, I mean that <laughs> that's a good one to talk about sound effects with. Um look, I I do I harbor no illusions that people like those movies. I think I'm the only person in the world who likes all five of them just fine. And even more than just fine in some instances. So um so One Tree Hill was a show back in the day, Kristen. Um, yeah, it was. Now, my sister, who I'm her favorite brother, she loves the One Tree Hill. She, I mean, she had the DVDs and everything. I guess she still does. Really? Oh, she loves some One Tree Hill back in the day. Love it. And, uh, and but I never watched it. I do remember the advertisements for it as I was watching another show on the same network. But uh, but I never, I don't think I ever watched an episode of One Tree Hill. What was the premise of old One Tree Hill? So One Tree Hill is a movie, or a movie, oh my God, a TV show about two uh, half-brothers. They have the same dad, different moms. And one is like the, you know, the, the jock, everyone loves him, he's the popular kid. And then the other guy is, you know, this artistic guy that also plays basketball and then they both play basketball and they're on the same team and then they fight and then they get along and all the drama that ensues with high school like out of all those shows like this came out when the OC came out like I always liked One Tree Hill better because I related to it more than I did the rich kids on the OC um and at its heart One Tree Hill was so influenced by music um we talked about it last week the writer of One Tree Hill is like a huge music person so in a lot like every episode there was a big music montage and in the scene that we're going to talk about is from the scene after the fourth season of One Tree Hill like it should have just ended Mm. but because it's awful but the fifth season did give us this music moment and like, I encourage you guys to look up the scene on YouTube because everything that happens in this scene is perfectly in beat with the song. And it's, like, such a perfectly sequenced scene. It's amazing, and except for the beginning with the stupid little kid because I hate it and the stupid nanny. But <laughs> whatever. what just, just bear through it. It'll get good. So what's happening in this scene? So Lucas, mm-hmm. it, the, one of the main characters, the art, the more artsy kid, um, is marrying this girl, Lindsay, who is not his girl. What? Peyton is his girl, but he's stupid. And, you know, all this drama and, oh, we have to get married in Tree Hill and Peyton has to be there because Peyton's my best friend or whatever the hell oh, it was. Oh, like, not even that. Know. Come on. But. Um, is this a my best friend's wedding situation? It, I mean, it's kind of a little bit. Um, but. Lindsay has like had these like doubts and like she's always kind of like questioning Lucas since they come back to Tree Hill about Peyton because Peyton's there and Peyton's you know his gal from forever ago and in this scene like everything and she'll explain it like you'll hear it explained in the scene but everything kind of builds up to the you know oh my gosh this can't go on Mm -hmm. oh my god it's it's great just all right here we go you take Lucas Eugene Scott to be your lawfully wedded husband. Jamie. Minnie Carey. 
Oh God, I missed you so much. <laughs> what are you doing here, Nanny Carrie? Well, your mom and dad said I could be with you again. Oh, if I get you back, I'm so happy. <laughs> Come on. I'm not supposed to leave the church. Jamie, you know I love you. Don't you trust me? And to love and honor each other all the days of your life until death do you part. It was a comet. Excuse me. It was a comet, Luke. Could you just give us a moment, please? The boy saw a comet. Okay. The boy saw the comet, and he felt as though his life had meaning. And when it went away, he waited his entire life for it to come back to him. Lindsay, I love you, but this really isn't the time for a book review, okay? What was the first day you ever talked to Peyton? Lindsay. Please. Her car broke down. me inside your head. What? No effects. Come on, let me give you a ride. saw the comet and suddenly his life had meaning I'm sorry Lucas I can't marry you Was that woman kidnapping that little boy? <laughs> yeah, she was. was. I told you this is when this this is when the show got dumb, but this scene is so good. Was this a mid-season finale, a season finale, or what? Um, I have no idea. I, it might have been a mid-season. Okay. Well. Possibly, maybe. It, every, by the way, look up this video on YouTube. Uh, One Tree Hill, best music moments, number 20, never tears apart, and everything does line up to the music, exactly. It's really cool. Like Good the call, like when she said, like Lucas is a writer, and when he she's like quoting his book to him, like the boy saw the comet and suddenly his life had meaning, and then it flashes back to the first time he meets Peyton, and the car that Peyton drives is a comet. So when that saxophone kicks in, it's showing that it's the comet, and she's putting it together like, oh my god, he still loves Peyton. Runaway bride. Runaway bride. Bye. She was annoying. Well, I wonder what kind of eggs she likes. What kind of what? Eggs. Why? That's a runaway bride reference. 
okay. I've seen that movie like twice. Yeah. Richard Gere goes around <laughs> and asks all of her former fiancés what kind of eggs she liked. Oh. And, and she just liked whatever eggs they liked best. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. And Come so, on, Julia Roberts. So he made her choose for herself. <laughs> he showed her that he could love her and be with her, but she could still have freedom and be herself. Oh, yeah. oh, rom-coms. Oh, rom-coms. <laughs> uh, let me see. Where are we at here? Oh, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. So, um, I love Stranger Things. I've I've made no secret of that fact that. Uh, Stranger Things is one of the things that's made me so happy uh, to be on television in in any form, and um, absolutely have have just enjoyed uh, everything about it. And I'm looking forward to season two. There's a moment in the middle of season one. Uh, the whole premise of Stranger Things really is it's an even an '80s premise. What happens when your kid goes missing? I mean, if you're like me and you grew up in the days of the 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 TV movie of the night, Adam. You know, and it's all about a boy being kidnapped and you get scared of stranger danger and everything. This is right out of the 80s plot all the way. And um, what we know as an audience is is that apparently this kid got taken by some monster. And the, the show does a great job of leading you to figure out exactly everything that's going on. But there is a moment when the boys, his friends who've been looking for him along with their, their new friend, a girl named Eleven, uh, they follow the police down to the quarry um, where they're pulling a pulling a body out. Meanwhile, his mom, the boy's mom, Will's mom, the boy had been missing, she's talking to him through lights and all kinds of other things and something's coming out of the wall at her. It's just this weird thing, but um, the body they're pulling out is apparently his. And they play this version of heroes by david bowie and i'm not gonna lie to you the first time i just kind of watched there was no big deal the second time i was doing a watch on this something hit me in that moment and like i spontaneously got choked up even though i knew the kid's okay in real life we're not okay he's in danger but i knew he wasn't dead but just the acting these boys do when they're sad and the way they respond and the and the things they say to each other and then what's going on with his mom and and it's just all kind of going nuts and uh and, and it's just set to this song. It's Heroes uh, by David Bowie, but given to us by way of Peter Gabriel. Nothing 
So the verse is playing real low under them kind of trying to figure out what's going on. And then as they pull the body out and the boys realize it's Will, he hits that chorus. And, you know, it's boys hanging out with each other, trying to keep from crying, even though they're, they're in the midst of just their, their best, one of their best friends, being his body being pulled out of, a, out of a lake. And then, as I said, it cuts to them telling Will's mom and, and Michael, the main kid, you know, he basically runs home and and the line and here's the line that's thrown in by one of the boys michael don't be like that and i mean that is such a dude thing to say don't be like that man and um and of course he runs into the arms of his mom when he gets home and he's upset because he's seen his friend pulled out of the lake or whatever and it's just just the use of this is all this stuff is going on is uh is just it was really good and here's the thing it's not a good version of that song no, I mean, I mean you can't touch the Bowie version. Not at all, and but it, but the way that it's it's used in there with the with the violins and the build and everything, it just it really works in that moment. But here, let's cleanse the palate real quick. Yeah, it's superior. But it's still a great moment, and it is a moment that made me spontaneously get choked up. I mean, this David Bowie and this song just have a tendency to do that, Steve. We know this. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Um, it was, But like I say, the weird thing with me was it's like, he's not dead. I know he's not dead. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it was, that's just how good and how well that, that show is put together. Um. Tell me about my so-called life. This is another thing show I didn't watch. <laughs> well, my so-called life was a '90s TV show, and it was only one season, and it was amazing. And then it didn't get picked up, and it's one of those shows that everyone's like, "What the hell were people thinking? Why didn't this get picked up?" And um, it's a show about a teenage girl, Angela Chase, and her teenage life. And she's in love with the bad boy at school, Jordan Catalano, as played by one Jared Leto, that beautiful, beautiful oh, man. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And um, this scene comes in, like, the middle of the season. And basically, you know, she's trying to impress Jordan. And he's like, you know, they, they're making out in the boiler room. And she's like, well, why won't you, like 
why won't you go out with me like outside of here? Like, it's great that we're in here and that, you know, we're making out, but you know, what about outside of here? And then she goes, like, she finds out that he's going to see this band called Buffalo Tom. And she's like, so like, are you thinking about going to Buffalo Tom? And she goes, he's totally like unaffected by it. She goes to the concert. He completely ignores her. And she like, her heart just breaks. And she pulls the whole line on him, like, why are you like this? Like, how you are? And it's basically like, whatever, like, I'm done with you. And then it ends with a Buffalo Tom song and with Jordan crossing the hall to hold her hand in front of everyone in school. Oh, wow. And announce that, like, this this is his girl. (laughs) Chris, let me tell you why this show didn't get picked up. Shut up! You haven't watched the show, Steve! Alright, so what's the song called? It's called Late at Night by Buffalo Tom. Alright, here it is. curtain back everybody <laughs> behind the scenes i'm a dude and i don't get how this scene is everything you no don't. i'm a grown-up <laughs> listen this is the kind of stuff i would had you replace those characters with lana clark chloe pete and whitney oh i'm there i'm like <laughs> this is the greatest scene in all of television history who's the fluffy haired dude guy that's the nerdy neighbor that loves angela oh so we hate so we hate jared leto then 
No, we love Jared Leto, but he's perfectly flawed. Mm. So, so we just have to watch the nerdy guy just pine away and never get the girl. Yeah. It's so real life. I don't. I don't. I listen. <laughs> That's why people love my so-called life, Steve, because it just hits too close to home. No, I don't. If I want that, I'm gonna go to uh, to real life. I'm not gonna go to TV. By the way, though, I do like that song. Um, yeah, it's so 90s. I was texting Angie. It's so 90s. Yes. It's so perfect. Well, it's so, is this, when was this show? Was this 90s? Like 95. That early, because it really felt like a late 90s, early 2000s vibe to me. No, this is a mid-90s show. No, okay, it well was, that's. It was super cutting edge. Oh, okay. Well, that's how I missed it, because I was way out of the loop on television in 95. I was too, <sighs> I was too busy graduating high school and living up the life and and living scenes like this mm -hmm. i mean come on that's oh no like every let me tell you the scene girl's dream hey I, I will tell you the scene i was lit i was living standing there Brian. at the locker standing there at the locker watching the girl of my dreams go walk out with some jerk <laughs> he was a bit of a jerk but oh he's just so sympathetic and i felt bad because the first time i saw 30 seconds to mars people started chanting jordan catalano and he got really upset oh well, but it's a great show. It's only like twenty episodes, Steve. You should give it a shot. I don't think I will. Um, you should. It's really good. Don't but, let that scene deter you. Look, I'm not. I'm not dogging the show. I was picking You're when I. You're dogging. Left. No, no, no. I'm really not. You're dogging. I haven't said one bad thing about. Any no, of your I'm not dogging the show. I made a joke, but I do not mean it. It's just not something that's for me, and that's okay. I get words from you. How do you know? You don't. Because I'm just, I'm, I can't, I've tried to do the teeny bopper stuff. But there's a whole thing with, the, it's more than the teeny bopper stuff, Steve. Is it? Yes, you have the parents, like the parents have a great storyline, like mm -hmm. it's a really good show. Yeah, so I'll just rewatch Smallville. Oh my god, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> don't hate Smallville. I don't, but I hate you. Okay, well that's fine, I can handle that, <laughs> we'll work through that. Um... Speaking of teeny bopper shows in Smallville, Smallville. Um, I love Smallville, Kristen, and I know you do too. So don't even act like you don't. I do. Mm -hmm. I'm just salty right now. Don't be you. salty. Don't be salty. I'm so, I'm so salty. I said it's a great song and it's a great scene. I'm just on the side of the nerdy loser guy. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm sorry that I can't be on the side of jerk Jared Leto. Man, and when you tell me it was like 95, that even takes me further back because I've got the girl's face in my mind now, and I'm like, what a son of a... Anyhow. That's why the show is great. <laughs> Whatever. Play the Smallville song. Hey, calm down. I can't! Fired up. <laughs> well, <laughs> the... <laughs> Smallville is the show that just kept on going, and, and you felt like, well, this is it. There's no way they can get past this and continue to be good and somehow they did they can they they kind of kept it up for a while and um and uh season five clark goes to college but before that clark lost all his power ladies and gentlemen at the end of the season premiere of season five um clark was powerless so he goes through in two more episodes where he has no abilities 
and he still has to do the right thing. But he and Lana are together now because he doesn't have the weight of the world on his shoulders because of all his power, and he's not keeping secrets from her. And then, um, and then uh, this dude, this kid, took over a nuclear missile silo, and because um, you know, they're one to do <laughs> right, in Smallville, right? He and because he, he wanted revenge on all the freaks in Smallville, and um, and he's getting ready to launch a nuclear missile. Oh my gosh, this is one of my favorite moments in all of Smallville history. As Clark gets shot, and it's also one of my favorite, like, we're coming back to the show now, when the announcer says, if you're just joining us, Clark Kent has been shot. I'm like, that is not the plot of this show. But Clark's shot, he's as good as dead, he gets rushed to the hospital, he flatlines, and then he disappears. Because Lionel Luther. The magnificent bastard of the show, the evil man, has taken so good. Has had been catatonic and in a mental institution, but then when Clark got shot and he flatlines, Lionel suddenly wakes up and he finds out he has superpowers. He rushes to get Clark, takes him up to the Fortress of Solitude, where he's channeling the spirit of Jorel. And he gives Clark back his powers. And Clark rushes back to Smallville just as the nuclear missile launches into the air. And there's this great shot of Clark. You can see it from the distance. He 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 bends down. Everyone says he did not fly. Like the creator's like, no, he didn't fly. He jumped. But he had the little ripple effect around him that happens when Clark would fly, you know, in season four and everything. Anyhow, regardless of if he flew or lay or leapt, he hit that missile and he ripped out the guts and he saved the world basically. And he and he fell back to earth. Jonathan Kent, Martha Kent, Lana Lang all think he's dead. And so Lana, who who doesn't know anything that's going on, she thinks he's dead. And she comes walking into uh, Jonathan and Martha's house looking for them for some comfort because, you know, because, you know she doesn't know what else to do. And then um, around the corner to this song, here comes old Clark Kent in slow motion. And there's the hug, and oh, it's just glorious.
Now they they in the in the in the episode they actually cut out that first verse and edited straight to the when we collide we lose our dear. and Clark's all hugging short lawn and everything and and she's just crying and he's in his shirt it's all ripped and burn up and like it's like how do you explain what has happened and and there's a great question in the in the chat what did they tell the doctors I don't know I have no idea but it, no you know what you don't care. But gosh, he is just burnt to a crisp. Like, oh, it's so funny. I've, I've just pulled this. <laughs> and looking beautiful, by the way. Oh, and sure by the he way, is. Goals is like six foot five Clark Kent and five foot three Lana Lang. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> Dang, tall men are just nice. Oh, well, yeah, they are, Kristen. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, when he walks around the corner and he's just got this look of sheer, like, what have I just been through on his face? And he sees Lana. And she's just one of the best acting jobs by Kristen Crook because she's just lost as she walks in the door. Like, her world is completely rocked and turned upside down. And there she sees him. And, I mean, the shirt is, it's its hilarious. The tatters and the and the, uh, the soot and the smudge marks and the dirt on his face. And just, just enough red and blue showing. Oh, that's right. That's right. And they run into each other's arms and they just hug and they kiss. And then the show goes off the air. There were just some really great music moments in Smallville. There sure were. And that's going to be the episode where we just kind of let our Smallville fandom fly. Yeah, and, and just do. like sob. Because I, I left one off tonight. Ask ask Steve. I was like, so who's picking it? I would have, you know what I would have done? I would have started it. I would have turned, I would have taken my headphones off and just waited for you to tell me to come back on Skype. Oh my because God. Because I, I can't, to this day, I can't listen to that song. Are you serious? True. Oh, I love watching some fan videos of like some historical drama set song. Mm, gets me every time. Mm. I can't do it. I can't watch that show. Or listen to that song, rather. And Ooh. I've not watched the finale since the night of the finale. Are you serious? That's a true story. I've watched it a bunch. That is a true story. So I don't, I don't know that I could handle it. You just have to leave the light on. You, don't you turn that lamp on. All right. Um, I love this is the, this is the pick that that shocks Steve. And guys. I and I love you for it. Gosh, I love you for this pick. This is. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing that I enjoy as much as you do. Maybe not as much as you do, but I still enjoy it. <laughs> That's old Notting Hill. Mm. Oh, Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts. I love Julia Roberts, by the way. And people who make fun of her looks, I do not appreciate them. What do people make fun of her looks for? They say she's got a big old mouth. She does. Yeah, but I like it. She's got a smile that I just absolutely melt for. Well, that's why you love Notting Hill, because she smiles oh, like the whole yeah. dang yeah, movie. Yeah, she does. Yeah, that's true. So, walk me through this. They broke up, right? Yes. This is after the big breakup when... You know, the paparazzi is outside of his house and his roommate goes out in his underwear and she's like, oh, well, I bet your friend thought he could make a few bucks and like tell everybody that I was here and, you know, flips out, loses her temper, you know, quote fingers, typical American, right? Mm -hmm. And um, then he's like, okay, that's it. And it goes into this beautiful, amazing, perfect montage that just makes you feel so empty. It's great. Here we go. 
Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away Wonder this time where she's gone Wonder if she's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away Anytime she goes away Anytime she goes away. Anytime she goes away. And I know, 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 I know. It's just so good. Yeah, and that is a great shot. I I, I think Notting Hill is underrated. I do too, because I think, I mean, like, people kind of give it crap for the dialogue and like, yeah, like it's, it's not a Jane Austen movie guys. Like it's not, and it is cheesy, but every good rom-com needs a little bit of cheese. Oh, sure. Well, his roommate is the best. Oh my God. And this shot though is, is one continuous tracking shot of him walking the streets of London there. And there's some, you can see there's some places where there may be some clever editing wipes and everything, but for the most part, it's a one shot just of him walking and mm-hmm. it's done so well that, you know, it really does feel like it's one continuous shot and, and it goes through the seasons of him, yep. you know, so that you see that he spent a year without her and he goes through all the different stuff and you see the one couple that's all over each other. And then by the end they're fighting and you see the pregnant woman who has the baby um, you know, when you get to the end of the sequence and everything, it's just a really cool, cool shot and a cool uh, movie moment. And you just kind of see the, you know, how you just have to move on after breakup. This movie, it just makes me, it makes me miss London. Like, I can't wait to go back this summer. <laughs> so I can enjoy more of my favorite city. And yeah, like, we all know, like, the whole, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. Like, all that stuff, we know. But at at its heart, it is, like, it's such a good movie. And it's one of those movies, like, you turn it on and you're like, uh, like, do I need to watch this? And then you're like, oh, I'm sucked in. Like, I have to watch it. Like, the friends, char- like, the characters that are his friends are so good. And, and, like, you know, his family and just everything like i just i love it i love it so much and it was a toss-up between this and then she 
because that's when, you know, how long will you be staying in London? And she goes indefinitely. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And then, like, great, another great movie montage of them together. Just mm-hmm. so good. Doing so good. Thing. Yeah, it is. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm sorry, Bill Withers, Ain't No Sunshine. It's a classic. It is. <clears throat> it is soulful. It tells you everything you need to know about what's going on with him in that song. And there ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's how I feel when I'm not podcasting with Chris and everybody. Oh, now you're just trying to butter me up. <laughs> Whatever. You know, <laughs> you know better than that. He's in the doghouse right now for his hatred of my so-called life. <laughs> Don't hate my... I, how can I hate something I've never seen? Well, you made your feelings pretty clear. No, I did not. I just said <laughs> I understand why I got canceled. That's all I said. But anyhow, oh, what is the typing that's going on over there? <laughs> you are beating up the king, the keyboard. Sorry. Oh, OMG, Pirate very, Radio. You know, I've intense. never seen Pirate Radio. What? I got the what I wanted to out of Kristen in this episode right there. I've never. Wait, se- are you kidding? No, I've never seen. Uh, I've never seen pirate radio i wanted to i'm hanging up goodbye everybody it was really great it's not it's not because i didn't want to i just never have that's philip seymour hoffman right yes yeah great great actor it looked like a really cool movie and i just never got the chance to see it and i've never picked it up wow you learned the meaning of life in that movie steve oh 42 (sighs) all my science fiction nerds will know what i'm talking about now (sighs) i can't Look, it's not a it's not a statement about the film. It's a statement about me and my poor movie watching habits. I know, but you're on a show called Rock Out Loud, and you haven't seen Pirate Radio. It's almost as bad as admitting that you've only seen Almost Famous one time. I think I've mentioned that I've never seen Pirate Radio on the show before. Have you? Well, I don't remember it. Hmm. Well, now you will. I guess it wasn't as offensive as it is to me in this very moment right now. Maybe not. Well, you're really on edge. <laughs> I am. I I need like um I don't know. I need lavender. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Go get you go get you a bath bomb or something. I don't know. Um We're down to the last pick and it's the pick I had to put in here because listeners of other Goliverse shows I feel like would demand that this pick is in a song about best music moments in movies. This is from a 1986 animated film, or 80, yeah, 86 animated film, and um, it's probably one of the greatest moments in movies of all time. Megatron must be stopped, no matter the cost. You got the touch! You got the
One shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. No! I'll crush you with my bare hands! I've got to help Prime! Stay away, lad! That's Prime's fight! Oh man, you're gonna tell me as a child, as a little boy, and, and Optimus Prime says Megatron must be stopped no matter the cost. And he transforms as that as that little song kicks in and then he's kicking butt to eighties rock. Come on. Love it. It it the only the only eighties rock song that may be better than the touch when it comes to being played in a movie maybe I have the tiger I mean that's pretty high standards yeah yeah people love that I have the tiger especially in my neck of the woods yeah well hey people in my neck of fandom love the touch I am extremely aware yeah Steve would have been burned at the stake guys if he didn't play that song well Dylan says he just wants to hug me I'll tell you this I saw um, a video Hascon just happened. That was Hasbro's first ever convention. And Stan Bush was there, as well as, because of his involvement in the Transformers franchise late, Mark Wahlberg was there. And Mark Wahlberg famously saying, you've got the touch in Boogie Nights. And, um... Ooh. We got tweeted a Boogie Nights scene, by the way, for oh, this yeah? topic. Oh, nice. And, um... Or maybe not so nice. I don't know. Um... Very nice. And, uh, <laughs> very nice. And, um, and he and Stan Bush took a quick video of them singing You've Got the Touch together. And it was great. I was ready for you to play the audio of it the way you built it up. I'm Jeez. sorry. I, I didn't think about it until just now. And I haven't found the audio of it. But I will, you know what I'll do? Look, I'll use my powers of Google Foo, you know, barring anything freezing up all of a sudden. Google Foo. Mark oh my God. Wahlberg and Stan. Oh, Let's talk about the rabbit hole I could get into right now with Smallville videos, by the way. Smallville videos. Oh, yes, sir. Videos. Yes, ma'am. Because there's a lot. There's a lot on the right side of my screen right mm -hmm. now. Um, It's not coming up. It's not coming well, up. Well, then, here. did it really happen? Yeah, I think it was on their Instagram <laughs> or something. I saw it on Facebook. <laughs> Maybe it was a Facebook Live video. I don't know. Everything's everyone uses different videos for different things. And I'm like, can we just all go back to YouTube, maybe? I know. Seriously. You, I see something. You make it hard to find what I saw. So, but anyhow, so I love the touch. It's a great song, and old Stan Bush. He has made his name on on this. You know, to the best of his ability. He's he's apparently had a really good uh, career over in Japan. But his his new album comes out in just a couple of days. So I'm really looking forward to that. Does it come out the same day as The Killers? Mm, one moment and I can tell you. I think it may come out a little bit before. I think it may come out Thursday. Oh. Or Wednesday. Well, Maybe it comes weird. out Wednesday. That's weird. It's New yeah. Music Friday. Well, I think he said today his tweet was two days. Or maybe today his tweet was four days. Oh, in four more days. Yeah, so Friday. 
change well, the world. Well, I know what I'll be listening to. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> because we'll probably do a show. How did Mike well, Quacken... on Friday. Who is Mike Quackenbush? I don't know. And how did he get a... How did he get an advanced copy of Change the World? <laughs> I don't appreciate this. We need to get to the point where we're getting advanced copies of our favorite band's new records. Here we go. This is Mark Wahlberg and Stan Bush, by the way. You got the touch. That's Mark Wahlberg. You got the power. It's All right. the original, baby. Transformers the Boogie Nights. Mark the man. 2017. Thank you, brother. God bless you. God bless you, man. After all is said and done, you never walk, you never run. You're a winner. <laughs> Hi, brother. God bless you. <laughs> See, they were having some fun. That's awesome. And Sam Bush, actually, his voice has kind of held up over the years. He's looking rough, but his voice is pretty good. Well, that's, that's all that matters. That's right. Good to swing us back around to the original topic of conversation. <laughs> so, Oh, the rabbit hole. We've got so many more of these in us, I believe, though. And after yeah, I watch... left a lot out. After I watch Pirate Radio and rewatch uh, Almost Famous, I'm sure we'll have more. I mean, Steve, you have to just watch Almost Famous for the deleted Stairway to Heaven scene. Yeah, it's true. I hear that. They literally sit there for 10 minutes and he makes his mother listen. To Stairway to Heaven. Oh, really? The yeah. whole song? Like They just sit there the whole the song? The entire song. Wow. Yep. That's crazy. I'll find it. <laughs> and we'll talk about it after the show. Yeah, I was going to say, by the way, everyone, in case you want to know what happens in post-show conversations, I start getting sent videos by Kristen. Watch this. Watch this. Look at this. Look at this concert. And I just yep. walk away in awe, even more, <laughs> uh, even more educated than I ever was. So, um... I think that does it. That wraps us up on Rock Out Loud, and we thank everyone for joining us. Hey, I hope you're joining in the conversation over on Twitter. At Rock Out Loud Pod is where you can find us on Twitter. Kristen is at Xboxing the Stars. You can follow the entire Goliverse network of podcasts by going to at Goliverse. You can also join our group over on Facebook by going to geekoutonline.com slash group. Let me put a pause for the calls right now, Kristen. What? We have not spoken of or talked about the Rock Out Loud Multiverse Tour shirt. No, we haven't. No. It's kind of a big deal. And I am I am disappointed that we did not. Go to geekoutonline.com slash shirts. That's with a plural, shirts. Geekoutonline.com slash shirts. And there, as you scroll through the items, uh, not only will you see multiple Geek Out Loud shirts, but you'll see... The Rock Out Loud Multiverse Tour shirt. The front has the name Rock Out Loud done up in that classic Def Leppard logo style. And the back has the list of cities all over the world and worlds beyond that we've been to or have part in. And so I hope you will uh, grab it. It's, uh, it's a good shirt. Looks great. If I do say so myself. And um, I, I dig it. I showed Kristen and she liked it. And so that was my litmus test. 
is are I mean everywhere. Everywhere. That's right. So and they're all connected to the show in some way or another. And that yeah, and when that, you see it you'll know. And that'll be your and that'll be your job to figure out how they're connected to the show. But um you can pick that up by going to geekoutonline.com slash shirts. You'll see other shirts there, and there'll be more shirts from across the Goldiverse coming to the store soon uh, as we try to get... The the problem, we were using a different service, and we were I was getting reports that those shirts just weren't of the best quality. And so uh, we're using a different service now that appears to be, number one, I can do more with it as far as the design goes, but number two, the, the shirts appear to be of much better quality. So uh, check it out, geekoutonline.com slash shirts. And, uh, and and take pictures and tweet it to us. If you get the shirt and you wear it and you like it, let us see it on you. All right, back to our originally, our regularly scheduled wrap-up. Bye-bye. Facebook.com is where we have a page for Rock Out Loud, Rock Out Loud podcast over there. And uh, you can join the Goldiverse group by going to geekoutonline.com slash group where uh, we talk about all kinds of things. But Twitter is where it's really rocking and happening. Want to thank a big shout out to, uh, let me find it. I've got to pull it right back up here. It was right in front of me a moment ago. Um, for everyone, first of all, who's left ratings and reviews, but most recently, our friend Mark Ham All left us a five star review on iTunes uh, for Rock Out Loud. And I hope that you would do the same. Head over to iTunes and leave a th- These reviews and ratings help us get seen by people in the category of rock out loud being in the music category is a little tough to kind of get noticed and um and we can grow our audience uh just by you doing something simple like taking the time to go leave a rating and review mark ham all says uh i've lost it again my gosh the computer two fun people rocking out to the classics and some new stuff hard to believe a creed lover and a one direction fan would know so much about rock is he being serious? Listen and find out. Either way, I'll bet you'll have fun. That's from Mark Hamall. He left that just a few days ago, and you can do the same. If you head over to iTunes and do it for us, we'd greatly, greatly appreciate your help. Appreciate your help with that. Our our email is rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Am I forgetting anything at all, Kristen? No, I think you hit it all. Great. Well, until next time, I'm Steve. I'm Kristen. Rock on, everybody. Rock on, guys. Bye. I gotta tell you, I really like that bridge there. They really hit the harmonies. <laughs> I mean, it is Def Leppard. <laughs>